I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm tired. And it's time for episode number 299 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast we hope Kevin will make it through to the end of without just, uh, just passing remember, right Remember out. that time you fell asleep? I do. It was really during sad. During the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the time you couldn't come to the podcast? Yeah, that was also really it was sad. only once, and it was really sad. I missed you, buddy. Yeah. I'll miss you now if you go to sleep. Oh, look on the bright side. You're so bad at sleeping now, it's really <laughs> unlikely that you'll fall asleep by accident. <laughs> it's true. How you been, gentlemen? I've been okay. Yeah. I went mm. to a I went to a talk last night by the founder of Meow Wolf. Yeah, I learned about this the other day. It's uh, I guess I was told about it in the context of it being a thing that George R. R. Martin created, but apparently maybe not. I don't he know. He just funded it. I see. He did they not converted have a bowling alley in Santa Fe mm-hmm. into some sort of a crazy fun house that you walk through. It looks like a blacklight Jackson Pollock painting in all of the photos that I saw. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a pretty good accurate. Uh, description it's a t- like a 20,000 square foot sort of uh black light jackson pollock version of uh the the like non-art non-dance bits of sleep no more okay right because there's a little bit of a narrative that sort of weaves through it and then there's just a, a bunch of different rooms designed by different artists uh like jackson pollock sure keith herring yep herring pollock uh and it was just, Jermaine it was just, Jackson. it was a really good talk because it was talking, like he just dove down and Patreon was like, Here how, here's how much <laughs> it costs to run this thing, which is like $5 million a year. Here's how much we make every year. Which is like $3 million a year. No, it's more, it's wow. more than five. Okay. Um, is it five and a half? It's seven. more than, more than that. Less seven than and a half. Less than seven. Six. Uh, but they're, Six. Yeah, it's, they're doing great. They're opening up other meow wolves. Hmm. Not meow's wolf. Meow's wolf. Uh, I think they're going to be different, sort of different themes and stuff. Um, but we should go. We should go check it out. We should visit my mom, uh, who lives in New Mexico, and yeah, and there's probably some other Santa stuff Fe. inside. I bet there's some room escapes, some rooms there, escape there in Santa might Fe be. that we could do. If you want, there's also a bunch of like uh, old person uh, galleries where you can buy like a copper statue or like uh, a where you can look at an old uh, person painting by the Master of Light. <laughs> oh, okay. You mean the guy that did all the backgrounds for early? Uh, uh, shit. Ralph Bakshi. Yes. Cartoons. Yeah. Um, Riff, what would you buy at an old person gallery? Oh, geez. Um, the wrinkliest old person? The The first thing that came to mind was, like, dentures? <laughs> but that's terrible. <laughs> what were you thinking, brain? <laughs> that's... Ugh. Well, I mean, do you mean, like, decorative dentures to, like, hang on a... They'd yeah, be like the dentures guess. of Damocles hanging over your head. Riff, you have <laughs> to <laughs> buy the entire old person. You can't just buy the oh, teeth. Oh, you can't just get parts? You have to buy a whole one, huh? Do you, if you're going to buy an old person, do you want to check their teeth? You want to check their teeth, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you buy it, definitely. Not if it's a gift. Wait, so here's right. a question. Uh... If you are buying a horse, how do you know that they're real teeth and not some sort of horse dentures? Like, you, I, like you, in like in that video game. <laughs> no, like when you're like, if you're supposed to check out an animal's like teeth, how do you know that the person trying to sell you the animal hasn't just given the animal dentures to like make them more more saleable? And then you get the animal home well, and if, the if teeth fall out. If they've fixed, oh yeah, okay. I was gonna say like, if the teeth are good, then like, why do you get? It doesn't like, matter. Yeah. You've, it's got good teeth. What do you want? Well, maybe they're teeth that like are like disappearing ink teeth, where like you install them and like an hour later they vanish. That seems like it's Whoa. more expensive than just getting your horse's teeth fixed. Yeah, you know, right. 
Yeah, but maybe the maybe the horse seller is playing a prank on you. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they're notorious pranksters. That's right. I just I just got some text messages uh, from a friend of mine whose whose child is playing uh, who's pl- is playing a video game that we made. Oh. Um, his child is in a is in a school uh, for like incredibly gifted uh, math students. I think he is in I think he is in like fourth grade, and he is doing. Uh, BC calculus, oh, <laughs> fifth fifth grade, yeah, it's kind of out of control. Is uh, this the Dominion kid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he before sense. he could read, he was explaining to us what all the Dominion cards did. Yeah, like he had just basically memorized. just memorized all of the rules of Dominion based on the pictures on the cards, yeah. and was like better at Dominion than anyone I've ever met. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so now he's playing our game, and so he got to a, he got to a puzzle, and the way that uh, the way that my friend put it, he said. Uh, He's playing this your game, and he's he said there's some puzzle where you have to add numbers to get a can of soup from an elevator question mark, and he wants an assurance that you can that he can solve it without having to write a program to brute brute force it. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I think it actually requires like linear algebra to just solve it, right? It's yeah, it's non <coughs> it's not straightforward. Yeah, but I mean, you can. You kind of have to just eyeball it once that's, you... That's definitely that's the easiest yeah, I mean, that's how I did it. You, do you get a can of soup? Oh, you do. Yeah, there is soup back there. There is there's, there's yeah. soup back there. I forgot that. Yeah. I forgot that. That's what that was blocking off. Well, good. Yeah. So um, that's, that is our contribution to the, the youth of today. Boy. <laughs> I'm what? glad we finally got to West of Loathing because, like, when you started talking about other shit, I was like, what? We're not <laughs> talking about West of Loathing this podcast? That's we what just, you guys have been doing. We just did, like, a two-hour oh, right. podcast about yeah. West of Loathing. And uh, the day before the, that, we talked about it for two hours. And yeah. Or did you do another podcast? We we guessed it on a, on a podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. And I spent two hours talking about it on the previous on the day before that uh, on a different podcast. You should, know, should, should be making the names so people know where to go. Yeah, I'll put them in the show contents. notes. I don't remember the name of the one that we did yesterday. A uh, game wisdom. Yeah, game, something like that. Game wisdom. That was a live stream. And then um, there's a like Rolling Stone has some video games site that they interviewed me for on Monday, and I'll try and find that. Um, yeah, we launched a game and it was really successful. It was way. Way better received than we were expecting. Um, and, I mean, we thought people would like it, but we didn't think that it would get all the attention that it's gotten. So Yeah, we thought the people who knew about it would like it and that nobody else would know about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. basically um, what we were afraid know. of. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, our expectations were really exceeded there. And it's been very... It's been very frantic. Like, I, I feel like, especially for Kevin, I, Kevin's been dealing with a lot of support tickets mm-hmm. instead of asking anyone else to deal with the support <laughs> tickets like he finally did. Um <laughs> Yeah, and when I when I sort of flipped out, and I was like, I, I literally have more stuff to do than I can possibly do in 24 hours. So because right, you're about to leave, uh, you're about to leave for an eclipse. I am an, an eclipse trip. Yep. Um, an ecliptic. An eclipse whitening breath strip. I, I I realized that if I don't have to drive, like if somebody else drives, I can sleep in the car. Wow. How rad would that be? I don't know. Cars do, are good for I, sleeping. I know. They definitely were when I was a child. Can you yeah. sleep in a car now? I think I could probably sleep anywhere if I had, if I was you, like you cut lean off back from the, the passenger seat. It's not too bad. I, there are four of us. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be oh. two people. Like I'm probably uh, gonna be in the yeah. Bed. I've definitely seen you fall asleep sitting up straight though. Like you're yeah. you want one of those neck pillows that you see people buying mm. in airports. I hate those things. Do you, yeah. have you used I, one of those? Oh yeah, they're good at exactly what one thing, which is like making you not like 
fall over, make your head fall over and hurt your neck what, when you're falling asleep. Are you asleep. supposed to put the horseshoe around your neck from the front or the back? Uh, I always did the, from back. the back. So yeah. when I do that, no matter what angle I try to lean back at, I just feel like my head is being like I feel like a reverse Pez dispenser. What happens if you put it from the front? Th- then I can lean my head to the side and it's fine, but it's still not a reverse. Still not going to fall asleep on. I the- mean, it's it's not certainly not as comfortable as if you didn't have to wear that thing to fall asleep on a plane. Yeah. But like, it, like a Pez dispenser where you're you're bending someone's head forward and, and taking their vertebrae, soap. taking their vertebrae out. Yeah, yeah. You insert <laughs> when you insert Pez into uh, <laughs> inserting vertebrae into somebody's spine one at a time. Okay. Um, that's how that's how a man was created back back in the day. I am. Um, I was just going to say that I, I haven't. I don't remember the last time I f- fell asleep in a car. But since I also don't remember the last time I was a passenger in a car for any serious amount of time, Riff, can you make that stop? Yeah, I'm maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's I, a sound probably our listeners can't hear, but uh, we can definitely hear it. I don't know. Um, uh, I yeah, I haven't been a passenger in a car for a significant amount of time in. A long, long time. I used to drive when we would go places, and Sometimes, then you just started yeah. driving all the time. Yeah. Well, because I think I, I, you kind of let me know that you didn't really like it, and it depends. Mm. I, I, I like sitting in the passenger seat. I don't like sitting in the back seat because I get car sick. Mm. So, oh, the back seat is that? Is there more like whiplash or something? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's the fact that your visual field is uh, less tied to. Like the, the acceleration motion. that you're experiencing. Just because you can see less? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And you so, can't, like, see in front of you as you go forward. Um, but Melissa bought a bunch of, like, uh, sickness stuff. Like, the, I think she got the, like, wrist things and, and maybe some drugs. Does those wrist things do anything? They're supposed to. I know. Like, really? Right. Like, actual scientific I evidence think, to back up? Well, that, I don't it, know. Like, that I don't know. It just, it, it seems to work. But it also the placebo effect is getting more powerful. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Over time. Yeah. Oh, in America specifically, that's... Like it only works if you don't know about it. Though, no, it, right? it actually it works even if you know about it. Huh? It, for on Americans specifically, that's where the studies were done. Like this is a problem for the the pharmaceutical industry is having uh, a harder and harder time uh, making drugs that can beat placebo. Jeez. Because placebo, not because the drugs are getting worse, but because placebo is getting better. Weird. It is well, weird. Does, does that That's, just mean that we are the false historian again? Becoming, uh, becoming more enlightened to the point where we'll just be able to like ascend to our true form. Yeah, just cure diseases by just thinking about them. Yeah, just scouring them from our body with the power of our minds. Synthesize Doctor, LSD what, directly in your brain. <laughs> Auto brewery syndrome. Man, I would, you know, I would love that if I could synthesize LSD directly in my brain and then be able to just turn it off at will if I started freaking out. Oh yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a that'd be or a like really if, cool if, way to. Like, I would you try. Suddenly had to go do something important. <laughs> yeah, I would basically try any drug if I could just make it stop immediately. Like if I didn't. Yeah. If I could do it without signing up for potentially like twelve hours of agony or like a lifetime of craving that thing. <clears throat> oh yeah. Nah, I'm not so worried about that. Yeah? <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine getting hooked on a drug that prevented me from working because there is nothing that I like as much as working. And some drugs are really good apparently though. It's, I get sure. I guess I could imagine I guess I could imagine getting into like drugs that let you work more. <laughs> but I don't think that there are those that don't also that wouldn't also just make me have a constant days long yeah. panic attack. So or make all your bad. teeth fall out. Yeah, not interested in either of those. Either of those teeth falling out. I only got two left. 
I, I'm told that um, the reason meth addicts get they, they get their teeth fucked up is just dehydration. Like their mouth gets dry. So like, what if you just drink a lot of water? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you just always pro- have a mouth full of water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's pretty good. Or just use like moisturizer in your mouth. Oh. Yeah, just just swish swish around with hand lotion mm, like every yeah. every God. few minutes. It's hello, good. hello, hello. Like the, <coughs> I still think about this occasionally. On in Vice City, one of the radio stations advertised Salivex, which is oh, yeah. um, supplemental saliva provided by saliva donors. In <laughs> case of- wow! Yuck! <laughs> God. It was, I was watching The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing for the first time, and nothing in it bothered me. None of the, like, grotesque, like, dog exploding, like, just, na- like, spider with a dude's fucked up head yeah. for a body. Yeah. Uh, oh, none of that great. bothered me at all. But when they start, like, cutting their own thumbs at the oh, end yeah. to put blood into that thing, I just was like, man, yeah. that just, like, cutting with a scalpel on screen is just, like the worst i can't stand it it's it's weird what you get desensitized to i i watched a uh, baby driver a couple of weeks ago and like i c- could not have been less like um tense during like the gunfights or the car st- car chases but like even though you knew how the songs played out right <laughs> but during the scene where like um the waitress was like the wait- waitress meets that the um, the uh, co-criminals that what's his face mm-hmm. is trying to hide from her. That scene was like I was I was like the pit of my stomach during that that just due to the like crazy social yeah. dynamics of yeah. the of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean I mean I feel like that's the part where you that's the part where the protagonist is in a kind of danger that you can relate to. Oh yeah. That makes sense. I guess not really. I mean, I guess I can't really relate to the danger of like, I don't know, disparate. No, I absolutely can relate to the danger of disparate friend groups causing problems at intersections. Um, not to that extent where people are going to murder me or whatever, but you never been like in a Denny's and like, you're kind of dressed up goth and there's a booth, people sitting in a booth next to you who are full-on goth, and like you're just constantly worried that people will look over and think you're with them. <laughs> no, I mean I never go to Denny's without being full-on goth. <laughs> sure. So. Yeah. Why else would you go to Denny's? Right, of course. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I had more of a punk rock aesthetic when I was when I was going to Denny's well, a lot. I, yeah. I mean really, I, I mean I'm probably kidding myself. What I had was like a dork with a mohawk aesthetic. <laughs> uh, it, it, and now I have like a dork in a button down shirt aesthetic. Uh, yep. But yeah. Yeah. I had a don't like don't think about my appearance ever aesthetic for like the first probably twenty five years of my life. Uh, no eyeliner then? No. Nope. Just like Whatever the most obvious choice, like so obviously, like I'm, I am probably ended up, I probably ended up dressing like the people I was hanging out with just by default, you know. So, so what are we like, like a, I don't know. I'm, I'm tish like a, like a probably like Husker a Husker do t-shirt, baggy or? tee and jeans. Okay, you know what, what was on the tee? Oh, uh, I remember there was a Homestar Runner t-shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess I did think about it to that extent. Like, uh, here's some brands that I like. Which one? Which, which Homestar Runner t-shirt? I had the, uh, the, the pom-pom shirt. Okay. 
I was the only one of those that I ever liked enough to buy was the the King of Town, the fascist King of oh, Town. Yeah. One. No, I had that one too. Support yeah, the, the support one. the municipality. Yeah, they reprinted it, and I bought like four of them, but it didn't have the back. It didn't have the like oh. army of poop poop smiths in riot gear that said "We're on to you," which was <laughs> in large part the appeal of, yeah. of that shirt. Oh, I also had a, a Mister Nutty T-shirt. Uh, I don't know what that is uh, from from Pokey the Penguin. I still don't know what that is. Really? <laughs> oh, man. You might actually be really... In it. Pokey the Penguin was like a 1997-era webcomic drawn in MS Paint. Um, you might be really into that. Okay. Check out the archives. Okay. They're, they just started... There was a, an Indiegogo that made like $500 or something like that for a Pokey the Penguin revival. And like they were very like thankful and happy that it made that much money oh nice and so there's there's now new pokey the penguin happening hooray yeah i man one of these days that fucking super mega collection oh, is yeah. gonna come out what that like, happened there? i think he just didn't know how hard it was to get a physical book printed and so just everything that takes i believe that it is all laid out and printed and it's just being shipped from china and that takes weeks so uh, uh what are we talking about the super the guy who did super mega comics hmm. uh did a kickstarter a little while ago that had that was for just a book like a bound collection of super mega comics and i did a guest comic for it he asked a few people that i mean it was basically like he asked a few people that he thought could that had enough of a following that they could i think i want to say maybe ryan north also did one nice um Great. but it was just people he knew that he knew that were fans of super mega comics that had an audience that they could maybe boost the kickstarter to um but I'm really proud of the comic that I made for it. I want people to see it. Um, anyway, also check out Super Mega Comics. Hit and miss, even within a single comic. <laughs> hit and miss, and <laughs> it often, hits are often hard the hits, though. yeah, the hits are real hard. Um, the uh, often the the funniest thing is in like the third to last panel. It's it, like it's got a real it's got a real deconstructivist approach to <laughs> to humor. Um, that sounds that sounds really good. Yeah. Um, d- I'm trying to think if I watched, I went and watched single white female last night at the Alamo draft house. Um, there's a lot of times when the audience all laughed at things that were, Not I guess, to be funny. supposed to be scary. And I didn't think that they were laughably poorly done, but like, I mean, I kind of thought of that as being a fairly well-regarded movie. Um, but I don't know. It had some real bad exposition in the first first moments of it as you know fiance i just moved to new york three months ago and i don't really know anyone (laughs) it wasn't literally as you know bob but it was i just moved to new york three months ago and i don't really know anyone is it is a thing that a character said to someone that she had just had sex with like i feel like you don't that's not a thing. You would you could say that I, to a stranger. I never have sex like, with anybody. I don't know how long they've been in New York for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, what what have you guys been up to? Uh, bug queue. Yeah, just uh, just moderating Steam discussion yeah, forums. What about you, Riff? You you seem like you've had some time. Uh, I, we skipped we skipped a week actually. Yeah, so we did it's skip been a week. two yeah, weeks. We did. You would think I would have done something. Uh. <laughs> Did you do well, it's been one week since you looked at me. <laughs> Did what? Somebody said something. Nothing. I didn't catch it. Okay. <laughs> it was just a bare naked ladies lyric. No, I got I, that. I wasn't I, worth I, saying in the first place. No, I said, did you do some game development? Oh, yeah. You know, that and, and looking at the forums and uh, 
I, I was reading about dung beetles. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Did you guys see yeah. that tweet? Do you want yeah. to teach us about dung beetles? Because I have uh, I have an opportunity for you. <laughs> I don't know if I know enough about dung beetles to teach you things. Okay. I can well, tell you the information that was in that thread that I retweeted. Grab the ball, the whistle blows. It's time to expand what you know. Get into squads. Get off your ass. The bell just rang. It's gym class. Crawford experience. <laughs> oh man, so fucking oh my good. God, thank Gary. you, thank you so much, Gary Jesus. Butterfield. For... Uh, it's time for gym socks. Oh mm. man, oh. Uh, what, what have you learned about dung beetles, Jim? Oh, I, I learned that um, they navigate using the moon. So apparently, like it's in the dung beetle's best interest to roll the dung in as straight a line as possible. So they are they trying to? They're m- trying to avoid to reproduce the, the moon? dung being stolen. Okay. By other dung beetles. Hmm. No, they're not worried about other other things like re- mistaking it for gumballs or <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, I actually at first misread that um that you could uh, either roll dung or you could um roll the dung into another dung beetle. Like I can't remember the actual <laughs> phrasing of the original tweet, but like the confusion was like they were saying that you could steal the dung from another dung beetle. Uh, but what I read was that you could either roll the dung yourself or you could roll the dung into another dung beetle, like as, as an assault. Like a catamari. Uh, right. <laughs> like, um, or make a, try to make a dung man if they were different sizes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but apparently, um, uh, they use the moon to, like, they keep the moon at the same place in their field of view to roll it in a straight line as possible. And in, uh, in the case of a new moon, they use the light of the Milky Way. Oh, right. I think I saw the tweet that said they can't see individual stars, but they can detect the Milky Way. Yeah, which is incredible. I guess that's why you don't see a lot of dung beetles in cities. Uh-huh. Or yeah, they're sure. just, they roll yeah. their dung up to streetlights. What What do they do with the dung? That's what I want to know. Where do they find the dung? Oh, uh, dung's everywhere. Okay. It's, you can't get rid of it. That's why we... that. Oh, man, we wouldn't need, like, plumbing if we just had dung beetles in cities. Oh, yeah. We could just turn a bunch of dung beetles loose on the on the BART escalators and yeah. they can clean oh, all the dung. Yeah. They can clean all of the human dung out okay, of the... Okay, so apparently the... Dung beetle the, 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 lanes the, down the highway. <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently the, the scientist who discovered this did so by um, actually using putting them in a planetarium that could recreate the sky with a fidelity of a good enough fidelity that they used the the light of the milky way in the planetarium to navigate their dung rolling um so all we need to do is just enclose all of san francisco in a planetarium like a giant dome. or maybe even just the bart escalators in, a, in small planetariums yeah okay and then that'd be great yeah like you could ride that escalator i would stop i would stop also taking this the like walking up the stairs of the escalator if i could see a cool laser yeah. laser floyd on the way up there. yeah yeah how do dung beetles react to laser floyd uh, i didn't say okay well we'll save that for next week's gym class <laughs> next week's gym socks. thank you yeah. uh riff are you ready for the riff section <laughs> Oh, uh, I guess I'm as ready as I'll ever be. All right. What, what's 30 seconds, 30 seconds on the clock. Give me, uh, give me like 10 seconds after you tell me what movie it is. <laughs> so okay. Just, just, uh, so prepare. let's say uh, this week we're going to summarize the movie Tron. Okay. It's a 
riff session. Kids call it a riff session. Time for riff session. We're on the playground riff session. When riff has something to say, put 30 seconds on the clock and make way for the riff session. It's a riff session. It's riff. Okay, so an evil corporate man has an evil corporate computer program, and the good people that work for his corporation get their uh, hacker friend who used to work for the corporation, but now he makes video games to break into their computers, and he gets lasered into the computer system where it turns out all the computer programs are handsome and beautiful people who are color-coded blue or red, depending on if, if they're bl- good or evil or not, and also they have frisbees. And he kill and uh, his his friend who is a program kills Three, the evil computer program two, with a frisbee. One, okay. nice, very the good. Yeah. You're get, you're getting better at uh, you're getting better at cramming the plot into thirty seconds. That yeah, is, well, th- this was a, Tron is a pretty a very simple good riff plot. session. It's <laughs> 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 great, but I mean, it's, it's hard it's, to do that on the fly. High concepts, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just saying, you really nailed it. You guys well, both did you. great. This is what this is just wonderful. It's wonderful to have segments, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's wonderful to have segment music produced by 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 d- dear world dear friend of the show, the world famous Gary Butterfield. Um, Gary's great. Yep. Shall we talk about the video games that we've played? Sure. Those are the only two. Se- we don't have two more segments for you guys. Yeah. Maybe eventually it'll come. I'm sure. Okay. It is. He's just. We don't have the music yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I have so Hearthstone uh, came out with an expansion on the same day that we released our video game, and I have not opened any of my packs. Yeah, you got like you're sitting on like fifty four, fifty three. You don't know because you keep all of these old unopened packs have, from old expansions because yeah, you're crazy. I am kind of crazy. I got uh, to watch you open packs, and that was fun. Yeah. So we, it was like you were opening packs, and we were answering emails and that was a lot of fun i got i got a blood queen lanathel what is that that's uh she's a she's a uh warlock legendary who has she's i think a four or no a two seven or two nine with lifesteal who has plus one attack for every card you've discarded this game damn yeah so if you can't if you don't discard her she uh she's great okay yep uh you know i had a i got a uh i don't know like a gold a goldan Okay. Blood chewer, Goldan, blood something. Okay. Goldan. Yeah. The the thing that turns your warlock into a death knight warlock who's got to got to deal 3 damage and restore 3 life as his hero power. Resummons all the demons that died this game. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good Hearthstone content. <laughs> Just like this podcast. It's a good Hearthstone content. We might get to hang out with uh, with our friend Eric Dodd. Oh good. At, At Pax. Pax. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, do you do, so? Have you played any games? I literally at all? have you not. Literally played have not played a games. single game. It is. I am. Yeah. I. I have all. I have done is like worked and uh, slept a tiny little bit and had a couple meals and then I went to that meow wolf thing. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I played two weirdly, kind of similar games. Um, one of them is called. Victorum, which came out around the same time that West of Loathing did, and it is an over-the-shoulder wizard game with a real systemy magic system where you've got cool. different spells that you can cast, but you also every spell has sort of three axes that you can tune it on. Um, so there's like a fireball, and you can sp- customize it 
by kind of dragging points on a graph towards uh, speed of the projectile, number of projectiles, and explosiveness of the projectiles. And that the more area the the little graph that you make takes up, the more mana it costs to, to cast the thing. And you're just trying to... The, the, one of the main features of the game is like just really highly destructible terrain. So you just do a lot of things where it's like, oh, if I shoot a fireball at this house, all of the pieces will collapse and kill the guards that are underneath the, the house down the hill from it. Um, and you, you have to like, they've like, you're going through a series of procedurally generated islands and each one of them has a portal that teleports you to the next island, but the portals are guarded by buildings that are set up in various places on the map that are shooting beams into them that stop you from going in there. So you have to kind of move around and blow up all these like watchtower okay. things. Or you can just do it from really far away if you crank all the points into projectile speed and distance for the spell. Anyway, that was fine. Uh, and I played another wizard game called... Citadel Forged in Fire. Very bad name. Um, It is a first person like multiplayer like you you get a server list when you when you log into it and it is it is persistent world multiplayer and it's pretty heavily PvP focused but there are PvE servers which was the thing that made me buy it in the first place and it also just has a lot of like gear crafting and like attaching learning spells and attaching them to pieces of gear and then going out and fighting orcs and spiders and stuff and then you can build buildings so it's kind of like a multiplayer Minecraft server like the landmass of a world doesn't seem to be all that big um, and so you can just like see a lot of buildings that other people have built and, you know, go kill orcs with them. <laughs> and there's a chat and it's just, I don't know. I like a first person game where you're casting spells on stuff. Sure. So, yeah. And then I also played a bunch of, a bunch of Hearthstone, a little bit of World of Warcraft. Oh yeah. But I don't want to talk about any of those things. I had kind of a bad World of Warcraft experience Did, actually. Well, like what happened? Like what brought you back to it? Uh, I wanted to, uh, like, I would played when the expansion came out, and I hit the level cap, and there was a bunch of stuff that I was interested in doing after the level cap, and I was like, oh yeah, I have time to play video games now, and then my glasses suddenly broke, but luckily no. I had a revolver. <laughs> um, that none of that happened. Okay. <laughs> my glasses are fine, and I don't have a revolver. Finally, you have, you have time. Also, that was some bullshit. That guy definitely could have found some other glasses yes. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Or you could just do the thing where you make the little hole with your finger and look through that. You saying that leads me to believe that we have had this literal exact same conversation on the podcast. Well, before. I don't know if we've had it on the podcast. I okay. bet you're right. We've definitely had it before. No, a listener, like se- listeners, send us a uh, audio clip uh, for so we can play it next episode. Yeah, so we can compare them. Actually, just play them at the yeah. same time to see how close to see how we've grown over next time. Show. Let's just do clips from previous shows, but strung together such notices. that it seems oh. like it's a new show. Yeah, yeah. we should or, get locked or, together in like a walk-in freezer or something. <laughs> Yep, it's a good idea. Uh, can you arrange that for when Kevin and I go to Portland? Oh yeah, definitely. Nice. Do you uh, have a walk-in freezer in your house? Uh, no, but I'm sure I can get one. <laughs> It'd probably be much colder uh, than your room in the summer. That's true. All right, Zach. Next episode, if no one sends in a clip, just say we're playing two clips at once and then play the, what we just said with a flanger on it. Okay. <laughs> what does a flanger do? Uh, it plays um, two copies of a thing with one of them like pitching up and down. It's like a chorus effect. I see. So it's a... 
nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like, hi. Hi. Uh, not that <laughs> like much. Playing it's, like, it's, it's subtler than that. Ah, it's, ah, it's supposed to sound like it's supposed to sound like two uh, copies of the same thing with with enough difference that it doesn't sound like the exact same thing, just louder. Okay. So like a wall of sound, but it made out of only one sound. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Good. Riff, any games? Or Jim, any games? Jim, any games? Jim. Oh, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, I played a game called Turrets with a Z. Okay. Is this a telephone game? Uh, it's on It's on my phone. Oh, is it a okay. swearing game? I think I saw it. Uh, <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different game. Okay, uh, also with a Z. This is a, yes. This is a game where um, it's sort of like a procedurally generated bullet hell um, where you drag your ship around the screen with your finger and um, between like between attempts, you can attach and upgrade guns to your little planetoid thing, your planetoid ship. There's different slots for guns and you can upgrade them and upgrade the qualities of your ship. And it's kind of fun because bullet hells are fun, but I didn't find the um, upgrade system to be very satisfying because like what happens is that as your um, as your guns improve, you basically get uh, a longer period of basically completely trivial combat because your guns are just automatically destroying everything around you and you don't have to dodge anything. And then after that, it's the same difficulty that used to be, you know, 30 seconds mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, so your score is getting higher, but you're just, you're playing for longer and it's not getting any more interesting. Is there normally like an established good way of letting you power up over time in a shmup relative to the hazards around you or, uh, I mean the, the, this isn't the problem in most of them because, um, you're going through content. Like, you don't have the problem of like, you know, it always feeling the same because as you go through the game, um, you're, you're facing new arrangements in the levels. Okay. Uh, and I played, let me look this up here because I, all I remember is Carl. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Like, According like the to this, fog? the name is Carl. Um, K-A-R-L. K-A-R-L. Let me load up the title screen here. Like Sa- the, like the fog in San Francisco. Same, same developer. Ah, here turrets. we go. Carl the Lone Samurai is the name of the thing. That doesn't sound like a samurai's name. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, uh, this is a, a game where, again, it's like procedurally generated, like shit coming at you. But instead of dragging your dude around the screen in real time, you are like, um, pulling back. It's it's, it's turn based, but it's um the turns are kind of analog in that you are pulling back on the dude like a slingshot and then letting go. So maybe like a top down desert golfing and like the further, and then he moves, uh, and he moves according the opposite of the direction of the way you pulled. Um, and while he's moving, the enemies also move. So like if you move a shorter distance, they will also move a shorter distance. Uh, but the more you move, um, the, the wider of an arc of attack in front of you, uh, your dude, um, makes. Hmm. It's like charge up kind of. Kind or? of. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of a game that I forget what it's called, but it's about dragging like squids around in kind of a wild west. That's interesting. Uh. Do you, 
have a name or something to search for? Uh, no, I think okay. I'll probably recognize it if I... It's not if Octodad. I, no, it's not <laughs> Octodad. Uh, but it's... it. I thought it was a neat example of, like, how something can be... not. It's a sort of a weird compromise between something real-time and something turn-based, because it is turn-based in that you're, like, making a motion, like, your time stops and then you make a choice, but the length of the turn is um, very variable, um, so it feels like um, a lot more fluid than, a, a, like, a grid-based roguelike, for example. I'm not having any luck here. No, well, this, is, this could become a an honorary train hot dog episode where we find out about the squid <laughs> western squid game. Yeah. Squid. We Riff, a bunch of what have you been playing? Um, no new video games, but I've been playing an electronic game. Well. Um, it was, look, I think we talked about it uh, years and years ago um, when Kevin got you a Nemesis Factor. For either your birthday or Christmas, I think. Oh, I got I got it for Kevin. Oh, did you get it for Kevin? Okay. Yeah. I yeah, knew yeah. it was one way or the other. But yeah, I also this game is called Squid's Wild West. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> but uh it sounded cool, so I, I I got one as well and uh recently uh came upon it in a box of my stuff uh and and have been Working, working your way wor- yeah, working my way through it, and I when I first got it, I I messed around with it, but I didn't I didn't like keep notes. Oh no, that's not good. Yeah, you you totally have to keep notes. So I like I was like, yep. all right, start over. <laughs> and this time I'm like actually writing everything down. Uh, I I'm up to like puzzle twenty three out of a hundred, and it's starting to get a little hard, but it's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I think I think when I last picked it up, it was in the twenties. It definitely it definitely gets picks up and gets harder for sure. It's it's interesting. I mean, do you want to just describe uh, yeah, the object? I guess I it's, should. It's, yeah, it's it's sort of a it's like a, a sort of pyramid? a silvery gray. It's not exactly a pyramid. It's like the three adjoining sides of a cube, and with so it's like a freestanding corner. And then part of the inside of the corner is filled in, and there's sort of a triangular arrangement of uh, of five uh, rainbow-colored buttons, or well, it's a rainbow of five individually colored buttons: red, <laughs> red orange, yellow, green, blue. Uh, and the the way it works is there's a hundred uh, puzzles which you you tackle in order, and they they're all things like um like one of the earliest ones is just you know push these five buttons in order is like puzzle number 1 or something and but they get more and more elaborate and the the computer voice in the thing starts giving you m- different information depending on what buttons you push and that and you have to work out what the what the solution to that individual puzzle is based on that and things like that. It's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's sort of like a well, it's not dissimilar to an electronic version of like not prawn kind of 
or, or one, right. Or one those are those websites. are like the not not prawn is an example of a, a website where there's a puzzle and usually the solution to the puzzle is like the URL that you type in to get to the second one and yeah. then you have to figure out something else about that thing and then oh uh, that actually reminds me on. of another thing that I've been doing. Uh, let me see if I can find it here on my desk so I can tell you the name of it. Uh, here it is. Wow, how big is your desk? Yeah, it sounds like you're sort of wandering off into a cave. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, a lot of this half of my room is desk. Um, it's called Journal Twenty Nine. Have either of you, any of you, heard of that? No. It is a a book, a physical book, a puzzle book, um, that works almost exactly like one of those web page puzzles. Every Every uh, uh, right-hand page in the book is a puzzle, and then on the the facing page it has a QR code uh, and also a web address. And you either type in the web web address or scan in the QR code, which just pops up that web page on your phone, and that gives you the answer form for that puzzle. And okay. Filling in the you fill it in, and if it if you're correct. It gives you back a code word, which you can then write down underneath that on that page. And some of the puzzles are uh, uh, gated by it'll have like blanks on them that'll say code word four and code word eight. So you need to get that information uh-huh. before you can solve that puzzle. And uh, they've they started out pretty like like foolishly easy, but they're. They get complex pretty quick. I'm not. I, I I'm not giving it. I would. I'm not. I give it like a B so far. Some of the puzzles are a little uh, are not super well clued, and some of them I found like the there's there's been a few that um, that I. I, I like got to an end. I like derived some information for what it gave me. And then it seemed to me like the obvious next step to get the final answer would be to do something else. Like, like say if, uh, uh, uh if it presented some numbers, which I then translated into words and got another word from that, then it felt like I should be translating those back into numbers. And that would be the answer. But it turns out that final step is not actually necessary it's just the word <laughs> so i don't know some of them kind of left me left me hanging like that like you could have gone you could have gone one more on this puzzle and it would have been good but no much better yeah for the most part for the most part they've been good and it, it's it's got kind of a mysterious theme like it's like a journal that some uh investigators on an archaeology site left behind when they vanish mysteriously. So you're kind of working through it to, to figure out what happened to them. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's definitely worth a look if you, if you like that sort of thing. I mean, it's not expensive or anything. So, uh, yeah, journal, journal 29. Uh, it's interesting that like, name on it I wonder how long that website will be up. Yeah, that's and a good question. And <laughs> then you just can't do it anymore. And that I saw some like a maybe it was a Boing Boing or a slash dot story about somebody who bought a 1994 like how to use the internet book 
and went through and validated every single URL that was printed in it, oh, wow. and huh. like less than half of them still existed. Oh, wow. I'm surprised it's that much. Yeah, they did. They went back and did a retrospective with that like million dollar. Oh yeah, the million page. dollar homepage. Oh, yeah, right, where right. you could like buy yeah. pixels of it for a dollar or whatever. Yeah, and like half of those links were dead. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not quite that much, but like very few of them actually linked to what they were supposed to anymore. At mm. least. Everything just went to whitehouse.com. Sure. <laughs> didn't they finally, didn't the government finally wrest control of that? Oh, I, I thought you were talking about that. Didn't the government start asking for personal information from people who have signed up on websites to protest, protest against Trump? <laughs> and yes, yes, they did. Well, that too, yeah. Yeah, whitehouse.com is now, uh, it's no longer a porn site. Now it's just a white supremacist site. Which is to say, the webpage of the fucking White House. <laughs> anyway, hi guys. Yeah, it's been, it's been uh, a good, good news week. Been, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we were able to provide some escapist entertainment for you to distract yourself with until the bombs start falling. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is that um, the the HTTP's big innovation was not just punting on if if this document doesn't exist, just 404 it. Because like most um, hypertext protocols before that, like had big infrastructure in place to like uh, deal with documents um, with URLs going bad, hmm. like caching or whatever. Um, and they were just a big hassle to implement as a result. And HTTP ate their lunch because who gives a shit? I I wonder if there is a plug-in for Chrome that if a website doesn't exist, it, that it checks the Wayback Machine. Oh, just invisibly? Or? You. No, it just gives you a, like, this doesn't yeah. exist. Do you want to look on the Wayback Machine? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I still want to go tour archive.org's building. I know it's not going to be interesting. I mostly just want to go there and talk it's, to people there. It's actually that... pretty interesting. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's, neat. It's built out of a church. Huh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, well. You just, can you set that up for us? Uh, I, I don't really know Jason Scott. I just like met him once. So. I got sort of introduced to him in an email, so I could probably I could probably sure, follow yeah, up on like, that email chain. And yeah, yeah, he'll take any he like as far as I can tell, he'll take any pretext to bring someone around. Is he going to wear a real like, gaudy you, suit? Do you have any? That's data a thing he normally need? does. Yeah, not not that I saw. If you have any data that needs saving, okay, you know, mm. yeah, like I just was. God, fuck. It was, it was just like a friend of mine had some tape backups from his BBS and someone like CC, I asked about this on Twitter and someone CC'd Jason Scott. He was like, Oh yeah, come on in. You know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, didn't manage to get the data off the tapes, but like I got a tour of the archive.org facilities. So they, I mean, they must have a bunch of media readers for obsolete media and stuff yeah um and and that was part of the quid pro quo here is that we actually had the tape reader hardware um and that like i was just like yeah you can keep it if it uh like if we get it working we didn't get it working he kept it anyway (laughs) just because like well i can't i don't know what to do with it so i think i finally threw away my zip drive because i realized that nothing had parallel ports anymore (laughs) so i wasn't gonna be able to use it you just get a really old laptop Uh, okay yeah yeah Want anything on those zip disks anyway? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I would say it's time for us to talk about our assignment, but Kevin just left. That said, Kevin did not get a chance to play it. Um, oh, our assignment is Tacoma, 
by the Fulbright Company, who made Gone Home. Um, And I played it so long ago that I don't remember anything about it. (laughs) Riff, what are your feelings Uh, and thoughts and impressions? I enjoyed uh, what I played of it. I I did not get around to uh, uh, playing much more of it than I did in the little video I made for for the channel. But uh, it was... was, How far... Like, how how long was the video? Like, 45 minutes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, so you were probably like... A third of the way through it, I mm. guess. I, I, I played it all in that short. Wow. Okay. I played it all in one sitting, and I want to say it was like two hours, but people are saying it's four. Which it was I more like two for me. Oh yeah, you yeah. you played all the way through it. Yeah, you pre- presumably didn't find everything. Though, yeah, no, right? I was I was going quickly. Uh, there was definitely more that I could have investigated. I didn't ever notice. I noticed some doors that were locked. That hmm. I hadn't found the codes to. But I feel like there were entire hubs I didn't go to. Huh. I can't point to anything that I think, oh, that's, I didn't look at that. And so that's why, like, I, I exhaustively researched every conversation that I found. And I think I just missed some whole conversations. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out the structure of this. I was trying to figure out the structure of this game. Like, you, you start, like, you, as soon as you enter a hub, there's a place where you put your, like, netbook or whatever it is. And a progress bar starts. And so presumably, like, that's going to fill up over time. You can just sit there for three hours, and it takes three hours for the progress bar to fill, and then you can take it. Or you can, like, go, like, as soon as you've seen enough content that the game judges you as ready for the next section. Yeah, then you'll go back to it, and it's just done. Yeah. Um, which I don't really understand exactly how that works. Yeah, I was I was wondering how that was triggered, but... Yeah. There's an achievement for finding Margaret Catwood in all of the AR recordings because apparently the cat is always there somewhere. Oh, that's funny. Um, Does the cat have a little like a, like terminal pop up that you can browse? It's oh man, yeah, like the wish list for for catnip toys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, how cute would that be? Would be pretty cute. Like I, we haven't actually said what this game is. I don't think. Go for it. Okay. Uh, so this is a game where you are. Um, on a mission sent by a uh, faceless corporation to, like, retrieve uh, an AI on a space station. There's literally a face, though. I mean, you can, like, throw darts at that face. Is there a face? Yeah. I don't remember this. <clears throat> by the pool table, there's, like, a dartboard. Oh, right. I didn't find the pool table. Oh, I found the it's pool the very, table. I didn't find the very beginning. It was clo- it's closed when you get there. You have to open it, and there's, like, a... Where's the pool table? It's down... So, if you... By the kitchen, where the cake... Where they're making the cake and stuff? Yeah, like, the... The, the one... Downstairs. The... The audio log where you find out about the disaster, where like where it's actually happening on like the 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 supposed meteor strikes are actually happening, and the the people on the space station are discovering this. It's like right over the railing. It's, I didn't, it's, it's theoretically the very. It's the one you're guided to because it's the one with the arrows pointing to it and the obsolescence day party. Huh. I feel like I didn't actually see that. Hmm. Weird. How did I fuck that up? I saw him like cutting the cake. Is that yeah. the same one? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like down huh. the stairs from that. It, there's yeah, down there's a person downstairs. Conversation pit down there. Uh, weird. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so you go through this space station, um, and you can occasionally there's like a AR playback available, and you can see like uh, recreated scenes of things that happened in the years leading up to the disaster. And in, in fact, a little bit after the disaster. And so like you get to know um, the people on the station by like seeing little snippets from their lives. And these are 
these these snippets are going on around you while you like you can walk around. Uh, they're they're animate like animated three D characters that are talking. So like, uh, you can you can walk around. You can sometimes like there'll be two conversations going on at once, and the pro- the audio proximity is really sensitive. So like, if you step more than a few feet away from a character, you can't hear <clears> what they're saying unless they want you to, because like you can hear someone yell from another room sometimes. Right, but the reason they do that is just so that like you can. Focus on one of the conversations yeah. that's happening, and, and also that you'd be hearing what the people that you're nearby could hear. Yeah, right. Yeah, Did you ever yeah. see this? Is not, this is sort of an aside. Did you ever see the movie Time Code? I feel like I have. It's the I one that where the whole screen it's shot in one continuous shot, and the screen is split into four. Oh, I never. Quadrants. I know. I, I saw. Yeah. I saw a trailer oh, for that. I've I never saw the movie that. itself. I've never seen it. So it's it was a it's a movie that only became possible after they started shooting on digital because like you could never film like ninety minutes of yeah. continuous footage before. Um, and so they just literally start like they had synchronized four synchronized camera crews and they would just follow people around and like intersecting stories. Um, but the way that they would the way the way that they like made it sort of approachable as an audience member is that only one of the quadrants had audio at any given time. Right. Yeah. Did that have the older of the people whose last name is Scar- like Skarsgård? Because there's like Stellan, yeah. Stellan Skarsgård is the guy who's in who was in like uh Fuck Zach in Garden State and that's uh, not Peter Skarsgård or whatever. Kinsey, maybe it is. I don't know. But there's an old one and a young one, and there's, this is the old I, one. I don't and, know. I don't even know if they're related. I don't. I yeah, don't. I think that it's different. I think it's two different names that are Skarsgårdish. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm almost sure that I saw Time Code because I think it had the elder Skarsgård in it. <laughs> oh, okay. oh no! I'm thinking of the time that I became the Jarl of Whiterun by <laughs> deposing Elder Elder Skarsgård. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so you, you watch these, you watch these events play out and, um, really nothing happens. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you, you access some data and then leave with it. That's like the only actual event that occurs over the course of the game. Right. Which I guess makes it a lot like gone home in that nothing happens while you're in the house, except right. you it, learn it, the thing stuff. that happens is in your head. Yeah. Um, I like I didn't dislike this game, but it did not grab you. Do anything for me yeah. the way that Gone Home definitely did. Yeah, like, I, it didn't. I, I, yeah, it didn't hit me in the personal feels the way, at least not yet, uh, in the way that Gone Home did. So, like, Gone Home sets sets itself up like there's like it's potentially a ghost story, and this sets itself up like there's potentially some sort of AI revo- revolution kind of thing. Like, is it? pay off that way like because i have not gotten to the end of it there's sort of yeah sort of you're never in any danger ever like no one is ever in any no there is no danger ever right and and i think that like gone home actually sort sort of sets up the stakes of oh fuck i hope my sister didn't kill herself and is not like hanging from the rafters in the in the attic and like they're yeah and and like i mean like i'm going up there i'm like Fucking Steve would not have done this to right. me. Yeah. Like, so I wasn't, I didn't really think it was going to happen, but like, it's still like tense. Like, there's that moment where it's really like, oh, fuck, what's going to be up here? This is just, this, I don't know. It lasts that tension. Yeah, there's just never any. I mean, you, you see some bad stuff happen to, to the. I mean, like, ostensibly the stakes are higher, but it doesn't feel like as, as, as visceral, maybe seeing it, I think like seeing the weird kind of quasi humanoid blob shapes of the people interacting with each other somehow like created less like more of, distance. 
Yeah, less less of a of a of an impression of a person in my head than like reading like letters to someone on physical pieces of paper that were left around yeah. the house in And that gone that home. might just be that like that it feels more personal. Like in the same the same way you were you were comparing like me not being phased by gunfights and baby driver versus like mm-hmm. social situations that I've actually maybe arguably been in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be like that. Um I had a similar thought, which was that, like, I realized during while playing Tacoma that, like, a lot of what I enjoyed about Gone Home was just rifling through people's private stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, which made me feel kind of gross. But, um, <laughs> and in Tacoma, like, you get a little bit of that, but it's most like you, so, so during the, the, the scenes where you're, you're walking around listening to people talk, sometimes they'll open up, like, AR displays in front of them and you can see what they're looking at. It's usually work. Yeah. It's usually it's, work or like related to the disaster they're dealing with right now. And it's corrupted. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's just missing. I mean, which is fine. Right. It's yeah, like, yeah. Eh, this is like, we decided not to write this boring part. So the data got corrupted, which great. Like, yeah. thank you for not wasting either of our time with that. But, yeah, sure. Um, it, so like the, I think the principal way you find information in Tacoma is too much like the way that the kind of audio segments worked in gone home which to me was like by far the weakest part of that game like where you would trigger the sort of chapter breaks and your character would start so giving vo this whole like play gone home with that oh but almost everything that you find in this game is presented like that right like i didn't learn like you learn stuff by looking at emails that people sent in like your ar rig rather than looking at objects in the world and it feels less engaging than gone home in that way to me. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the overall, like it looks really nice. Um, and it's, you know, the it's, it's a nice, like splitting the difference between a level designed video game space and a, and an actual like practical, like this is what a space station might be like thing. It's like also like totally, a hundred percent different gameplay wise than the demo that I played a couple years ago. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. The demo had these like gravity boots where oh. there were different points where you, you could, there were like navigation puzzles that involved like deciding, okay, this is down now and like yeah. catapulting over to a new surface or whatever, which I think yeah. they just completely abandoned. There was a, you know, a minimal zero gravity section in like the hub in yeah. the, the center, but um, it never felt like a puzzle. Yeah. Did you did you play basketball? I did not personally play basketball. I never found a physical anything to throw at the I, hoop. Man, I tried, but I I lost the ball immediately. Instead of like, <laughs> instead of, I went to go and pick it up, and I guess I accidentally like bumped it instead, and it sailed off in zero g to somewhere where I couldn't find it. <laughs> it honestly it wouldn't surprise me. Like since the whole scene is moving, if there was just a physics glitch and it glitched through the wall, mm. I am. Um, I got it and tried to shoot it into the hoop and missed. And I was like, eh, and I left. And like maybe 45 seconds later, I got the achievement. So <laughs> I guess it had been, it had been rolling around the, it oh, had been rolling really... around the basketball court and eventually went through the hoop of its own that's accord. Really that's really funny. Awesome. That's, yeah. There is a, good. there is a GIF someone posted on Twitter of, of shooting two baskets with the same shot. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just shooting it through one and then it, bounced around the ring and went into the other one. Do you get a second achievement? I don't think so. 
Uh, it was fun. Uh, it was fun seeing what you could spell with the <laughs> yeah. obsolescence day party letters. God, Ben Burbank. <laughs> ben Burbank tweeted just a, a picture that was like, uh, t- and it was just like this, this very like warm kind, like uh, Tacoma is just one of the nicest games I've played a week. And like Fulbright retweeted it, but it was, he had in the background in just a tiny little quadrant of the screen had rearranged the letters in that thing to say like, ass weed money (laughs) like nobody saw it the first time so good that's really good anyway uh yeah so you you know so you you go through these sort of sections where there's the the kind of the framing device of you downloading data makes it so you have to go you have to either wait three hours for the progress bar to fill up which is what kevin did yeah today on the first one thinking that that was the entire game i thought so that, yeah, you I could thought, actually have finished it, it by doing nothing oh. yeah you have to do it twice and then oh. and then there's a third thing where you're sort of breaking into a vault and stealing the i guess the insinuation Jules. is that ai runs on like brain matter that's in a that's grown in a little like a 1u server mount yeah thing that's what it looks like. What at was least. weird to me about that whole room is that, like, there were some data. There's just lore dumps in there. Yeah, with no justification that I could. Find. Yeah, there's no reason that it would be there yeah. other than. I mean, I guess it's the AI trying to tell you what's going on. Oh, maybe yeah. But like, yeah, like because the AI is like trying to work around its the restrictions placed on it. Like it has things it wants, but it has to follow its directives, and so like, I guess maybe it can within these directives put this information here to yeah. be found there's a lot of conversations between the ai and the crew where the ai is like i can't tell you what to do but and yeah. then <laughs> gives like some information that is clearly trying to drive yeah. behavior but that would be against the rules of yeah yeah um one of the laws of robotics <laughs> yeah yep um so yeah it's i like i i had my fun with it I, I enjoyed it and I liked it and I'm glad I bought it and I hope that I hope that they sell a bunch of copies of it and I don't I don't think it's going to really have the same I think it would it would have been impossible for a follow up from them to have made the same kind of splash as Gone Home. Yeah. Um I think a lot of Gone Home's sales went to a market that is completely outside of a traditional video game market and super underserved. Yeah, and a game about a space station is just not on the surface, even if it is as sort of warm and human-driven, which it's not. Or, uh, like, filled with LGBT content. Yeah. I mean, so which, it is... Which it is, but... It, it is, and it's also, like, extremely, like, like diverse-casted. Yeah. Um, But because you can't see any of the people, it's, yeah. it's like, just... It's, y- like, that... The the choice to render everybody as like glitchy silhouettes, like I get it, it's a cost saving measure, but it made me feel really weird about like this game, like looking at the number of people in the credits and the long number of the amount of time they've been working on it. This game is clearly extremely expensive to make for an indie project. It was, I mean, like I w- I would guess it would it was like three times as expensive as Gone Home to make something mm-hmm. like that, but it didn't feel more. Like it didn't feel like it had higher production values to me than Gone Home did, and there was a lot more. There was a lot more of it, right? Like the the space was just much larger than Gone Home, right? Don't you think? I don't 
that that's the thing. Like maybe maybe physically it was, but it didn't feel like I feel like feel it took a lot about of the same it was, amount of time a, like, to get yeah, through. Yeah, a lot of it was loading tunnels mm. and stuff, right? I I, so I mean, I think not part as of dense has gone home. Yeah, yeah, and and because a space station is just a real sterile environment. I, they, initially, they had made the space station kind of luxury, like it was a mm, yeah. it was like a it was like a space tourism fancy hotel mm. kind of thing, as opposed to. I don't remember what it is now. It's just a, it's like a midway point on the way to the moon. Yeah, but I don't know what for. I don't know if it's for yeah. cargo ships or I think, yeah, I think or it's just like for transfer. What, so yeah, but but it had it had like basically the prey mm. aesthetic, which I think they backed off on either because they weren't happy with how it was looking or because they're oh well we can't make a thing that's exactly like prey, mm. just like a wood and brass space station mm. experience. But I, yeah, I mean I think the sterility of the environment kind of dampens the emotional stakes of of anything you know it just yeah. i wonder like if they were backing off like i i i have complained about like it seems like all walking simulators are about rich people because uh-huh. only rich people have houses interesting enough to be content <laughs> Uh, big enough to be content and like, like I, a bunch of poor people. You go through a bunch of poor people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, uh, uh, the entire apartment complex. Yeah, fuck. What's the signal from Tolva, uh, guy's first game? I don't know. Everybody's gone to the rapture. That uh, wasn't about rich people. Was it? I guess there was, no, there that was, was about like, the whole town. Yeah. So like that was the, that was how you got the scale there. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if they were just backing off of that. Like they wanted the game to not be about, people who are well-to-do but working-class people mm. when they made that decision. Um, and they also switched away from you just watching the AR scenes as cutscenes to you being able to scrub through them, which is huge. Oh, I, like, yeah, I can't even... That seems like it would have been really, really boring yeah, if no, they hadn't I, that was done a, it this way. I can't imagine what that would... Yeah, that, this is... I mean, it would have been like everybody's gone to the rapture, which was Incre- like just infuriating yeah. that you just had to stand around waiting for shit to happen because the people in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture were just little wispy balls of light that were floating and talking that represented yeah. where people were yeah. and this was like only slightly more there was it- a the scene in in the game that was like where the the um the progress bar indicated that this like this particular AR scene was half an hour long whoa and I was just like mentally freaking out about like shit. They're really gonna make me like sit here and listen to these people talk for half an hour. And it turned out to like the middle twenty eight minutes were just to, they get get glitched through instantly. Yeah. So that was like a I don't know. I guess that's kind of spoilers to say that you, you don't get to have the freak out experience yourself. Uh, but I thought that was I, I appreciated that moment. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that I'm not, like, spoiling the plot is because I feel like Riff and Kevin might finish it eventually, yeah, and I, I don't want to, yeah, so I, I don't want to just do that. It's, I mean, it's got kind of a really, like, zero stakes twist at the end. Uh, I mean, is there you, any agency of your own? No, yeah, I, don't I don't think so, think so You don't get to choose whether or not I feel to, like, like, obey the corporate masters, you don't get to choose... No, I, I I didn't feel like there was a choice there. Like maybe there was hidden in what the actions I took that I didn't realize I was making. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like the stakes like are what happens to your character after. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I just I wonder. You know, I feel like if there was a game <laughs> where 
you had a, you had these AR recordings of people that you could follow around and learn stuff, and like also you had a fucking sick laser gun, and there were some aliens attacking, and every once in a while a hole would get blown in the side of the ship, and suddenly there was debris that you had to avoid, and suddenly you're in zero gravity, and you have to get to the oxygen tank, and like that would have been great. <laughs> oh, you already played Prey. Yeah. Well, isn't that what you were just describing? But it was doesn't that, have but joke? it doesn't have the AR, right? It doesn't have, like oh, okay. a, a game that both had some video game shit which would then make sense to be set in a space station. I, like I it just seems like such a boring thing to set in a space station, you know? Yeah, I I that was my initial like reaction to the announcement of Tacoma is like why are you Making a game set in a video game setting. Yeah. That's real boring. It's like, it's gonna make whatever you put in it seem boring if what you put in it isn't science fiction. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah, man. Well, it was science fiction. Yeah. I, you know, I sound, I sound more down on this than I am. Uh, because I did have fun playing it, you know. Sure. It's yeah. it's like I liked it, and I I you know a lot of the criticisms that I've heard other people leverage at it, I don't I, I don't agree with. Like I don't like. There's things that that I like maybe feel like ah oh, maybe if I were smarter I would like this less, but <laughs> probably not. Uh, Do you, what's an example of one of the criticisms? Um, people talking about the story not being good for some storytelling purpose that I don't okay. get. Like, it was it was fine. Like, I didn't think that it was... I didn't think there was anything necessarily wrong with the story. It was... It, was, it, it didn't have, like, characters that I super cared about or could tell apart. Right. I mean, that's that's the main kind of thing. Like, the represent Even the fact that you can like mouse over them to get their names every all the time. It just doesn't connect. I think to it anything. really hurt that you don't see their faces. Yeah. Well, you see them once if you want. Yeah. yeah right. But you like, can see, but, but you're not well, going while you're while you're looking at them talk, you don't see their faces. Yeah. You're not going to look at that. And I mean, like, so the the characters that I recognize are like the you know the big heavy set woman because she looks different than the others. I mean, they're all different colors. So there's that. Yeah. But. Yeah. And they have like icons that I guess indicate what their jobs are, but like, who's the one who's real disgruntled? Like the security person? Is she the purple? I have no idea. One? I think she's dating the big Russian woman who's the maintenance. I... And then there's a doctor. <laughs> the doctor is a woman, or how many characters were there? Six. Five? There were six. Okay. Really? Only six? Mm hmm. Oh man! I would have thought there were five instead of six. Yeah, and this well, right because I mean, you didn't see. So like when you go that, to that first scene, there's the two at the table. There's the two in the kitchen. There's the one in the office, and there's the one down at the pool table. Okay. So if you only if you if you only thought there were five, you only saw five people, and then. And I just never went to the pool table. Yeah, that sucks. I kind of want to play pool. It's you a don't, pretty well, good pool table. Do you get to play the pool? You can you, throw the balls can. around. Yeah, yeah. there's there's oh, a yeah, cue yeah, I think, that you can I think actually the cue, use. Yeah, I okay. think the queue actually works. Yeah. It's cool. Do you use it do you use it like a pool queue? I mean, does it yeah. does it go into a pool queuing animation? I mean, you yeah, don't, sort yeah, of. You don't get like a large degree of control over over your shot other than WASD for full moving around. So you're yeah, not you're not gonna have a game good game to, of pool, but Right. And the ball is the closest the game comes to giving you a gun, it sticks out in front of you. Yeah. It's better than the it's better than the pool tables in Fallout Four. Yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah. Where yeah, where like there the, are only four balls in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that sucks because there's a lot of pool balls in Fallout 3. That was like primarily what I loaded my yeah, junk. Yeah, and they were all like ro- your rocket launcher. They were all with. the blue one, the orange <laughs> one, the blue stripe one, and the orange stripe one, and that was it. <laughs> well, I mean, it would have been really expensive to render the other textures for <laughs> yeah. the other pool balls. They they didn't have that font. Was it just like the six and the nine, maybe? <laughs> Because that, you'd only have to buy one letter of the typeface, a B. You just yeah, have to buy a lowercase yeah, lowercase B, and then you can use it for both of them. Yeah, that can and a hyphen buy to put under it. Calculators a la carte? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, every font is just, a, it's like, here's 900 TTF files that you can now <laughs> install, one per letter. And you have to change fonts every time you change characters in right, the, in the yeah. dropdown. And so, yep. Pretty good. Uh, fuck. We forgot to pick a new assignment. I was going to suggest the one the the one that we almost did last time. Which was what? Uh, Slime Rancher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We also talked about Grimoire. Right. I, again, sat down to buy that and then couldn't fucking pull the trigger because... Well, it's going to be a bad game. Yeah. It's definitely a bad game. It's $30. I, what yeah, is, but I, like what he's been making thing? it for thirty, like it's a dollar per year. Oh, of is that the time. one that that crazy wizardry? Yeah, I I have heard some bad shit about that dude. That maybe we don't want to be giving him money. Oh, <laughs> uh, we could steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, something that I kind of wanted to have just because it is interesting to me. Before we did the West of Loathing podcast that we recorded before this was that like. There's some pretty significant piracy happening of it, which oh. is which is weird. It's like I've never had that happen to me before because <laughs> you never sold a game. We either made before. web games or we sold games that no one cared about enough to pirate. So how do you know? Um, looking at some uh, uh, stats that we do, like a little web. I'm not going to call it a phone home thing, but like just some anonymous stats tracking. Sure. And there is like a, there's one Steam ID that's used for every, like for thousands thousands of characters created, which that's either one person doing some ridiculous shit or it's just the Steam ID that is associated with the pirated version. Right. Um, And so we can't tell how much, but kind of ballpark. It's probably... Hmm. Some something under the number of characters that have been created by that one account, but it, it was significant. I mean, it was like ten percent of the play. Like huh. when I when I looked at can it, that, that's not can that that's Steam not as bad as I was worried be about. Imported to our Steam rep or whatever. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it'll matter. Yeah, that's yeah. because it won't. It, I mean, it's not actually validating with Steam, or they wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, piracy, man. Gross. I don't, I'm really glad that this didn't happen to me when I was younger because I would have been a real dick about it. Now I just kind of don't care about anything. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nihilism <laughs> makes everything nicer. I mean, and I think just like, you know, my, the glands that produce my emotion juices are just <laughs> Dried sh- getting more and more shriveled yeah. every year. 40 years from now, those people will feel real bad and they will like pay for your medical 40 bills. years from now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. They'll be the, they'll be the doctors and, yeah. and, and surgeons that are taking care of me as I am dying and, and they won't have paid for any of their textbooks in medical school. They'll just have used pirated copies of them and that, that are missing, missing yeah. all of the sections about whatever disease I have. I really liked how the Thimbleweed Park Kickstarter had a, a, a 
a pledge tier that was basically you confessing your sins for pirating previous Ron Gilbert games yep. and f- getting forgiveness. Yeah. I backed at that level even though I bought them. Sure. <laughs> like, because I just wanted to give them more money. Than sure, sure. Them. But Thimbleweed Park is really good, guys. Yeah, I still haven't played it. Well, still scared of my Might Hate Adventure games. Mm. Well, how do you feel about RPGs? Yeah. Not very good. Uh, West of Loathing, <laughs> kind of a RPG adventure game I'm really enjoying. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't really like either of those genres either is a thing that I realized <laughs> over the course of doing this. But I, I do. I think I would like West of Loathing if I played like, it. Between West of Loathing and Prey, I'm carding, kind of coming to terms with like, maybe most game writing is just really bad. Maybe that's why I don't want to read it. No. Oh, so the reason that you like the writing in both of both this and Prey is because they're actually good. Yeah. Do you... You, did you feel like the writing in uh, Dishonored? God, why could I never think of the name of that series? I, lo- <laughs> I fucking love the games. It's yeah, a terrible, it's, just, it's a terrible name. Uh, uh, it was all right. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. It wasn't like aggressively bad, like Skyrim books, yeah. but uh, oh, and and it's it's just interesting to make the distinction. Like I thought the world building in Dishonored was really interesting. Yeah, I think the setting is really interesting. Yeah, more so, more so than Prey. Yeah, like, and yet I like I I just really dug into Prey in a way I didn't dig into Dishonored, and I'm not sure if it's the space station. It could be a. I like space stations. Right, that really might be it. Yeah, that's why you like Tacoma so much more than Gone Home. Yeah, (laughs) if Gone Home were set in like a Victorian whale punk setting, Mm -hmm. blubber punk, I think is the term they used. I remember that being the, I guess, the primary thrust of the, like, every once in a while, Penny Arcade will do a comment that's just a kind of a mean-spirited jab at a particular video game, like mm-hmm. they just did with Pyre recently, and I, that was their problem with I, Dishonored, was The setting is too interesting. The setting is too weird, and yeah. Yeah. Like, it just has a, what, a show, whales too? Sure. Whatever. Fucking yeah, put anything I mean, in there. I'm like, like, I actually uh, thought that comic was really funny, just it, like the way it was structured, but like, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, like, they know how to tell a joke, yeah. right? They Like, they know how to structure. Although, I read a Penny Arcade comic a couple weeks ago, and I don't remember it, and I've never seen them do this before. There is just one of the characters just says something boring after the punchline <laughs> for no reason. Like, it would oh, it would just have been, like, demonstrably better if you had just omitted that that line. Like, it was like, that is that's such a, like, common misstep for a three-panel comic to make that they never do because they're good at it. That's interesting, yeah. Like, there was a, a comic, this was, like, from 10 or 15 years ago, there was a comic where the premise was just, like, one of the characters describes... Uh, you know, this, this is a kind of uh, Tycho's thing is like describing horrifying alien anatomy in a sexual way as right. if he's attracted to it. Um, and the comic was just one of them doing that. The other one being disgusted and the punch is like the face of the person who is like in awe and like r- r- like sexually ravenous at this description. Um, and I thought that was a really good comic. And I went back to it like a few years later and they had added dialogue to the final frame. Oh, weird. Yeah. And so like as if they didn't trust the just the face to sell it. Huh. 
which is maybe some this is a penny arcade yeah specifically yeah i mean maybe somebody's hacking erroneous maybe this is like how isis is communicating (laughs) is by is by hacking like uh uh, what do you call it like superfluous dialogue onto the end of penny arcade strips it's like no no no, you were supposed to say this in the comments guys how do (laughs) that's a great trick though (laughs) like it's yeah i haven't i I haven't been keeping up with Penny Arcade, but now I'm really curious about the one you were talking about. So I'll probably go read the last. Yeah, no, I should. Yeah, I should try and find it to to make sure I'm not just making that up. I it's weird. I it is one of a handful of web comics that I still read because they are in my RSS reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like that XKCD Chainsaw Suit yeah. Butter Safe. Those yeah. are the ones. Butter. I haven't even heard of Butter Safe. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's it's like um. I don't know if like Perry Bible Fellowship had one of its arms tied behind its back. Okay. Like it's it's like Perry Bible Fellowship, but maybe like half as good. Okay. Yeah, or like a it's like a nice version of Cyanide and Happiness. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. But still pretty nihilistic and depressing. Yeah. Sometimes. But it, um, but it's nice. But, but not mean spirited. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It's not. It's not yeah. really mean. It's it, there's there's one mean character who's mean to a a, a sympathetic. Uh, sad sack character but um, and they're about half one-offs half recurring weird characters uh, anyway uh, yeah so our assignment is slime rancher slime rancher yeah we're gonna we're gonna dive into that little puddle it's that was that was like an insulting I didn't mean to <laughs> imply that it was shallow <laughs> I, like I was, oh, what? That's a metaphor that Slides. fellow who mans use. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've played twenty minutes of it, and it's it's like it's fun. It scratches a little bit of the like Minecrafty itch. Minecrafty itch. Yeah, so it's, it's about it's about it's about having a cool farm. You know, you know how much I like that. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, and it'll be a chance for it'll be a chance for our Patreon backers to buy Jim a new video game. Before we. Uh... Before we sign off, do you want to talk about the STDIO jam? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so Al Swigert is running a game jam this weekend. So hopefully this episode goes up before then. Yeah, it'll go up tonight. Uh, Saturday, Sunday at the Maid. And the premise of the jam is that um, you are making a game uh, with constrained code size. So it's like under 256 lines and only with with standard input output with console I.O. basically. Um, so you can only do like lines of text output. You can't position the yeah, cursor. You can't even position the cursor. So. Um, and you can only do line of text input where it it accepts everything that you type until you hit enter. So yeah. it's like basically like writing a GW basic game without using in key strings. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, or right. Um, and what sold me on this was that the plan is to. Um, actually make a book in the style of like the David all compilations of like a hundred basic programs that you type into your microcomputer is to actually make a, a physical book with the entries in it. Um, and that's why they're supposed to be short and that's why they're supposed to be simple so that you can, yeah. so that it's a thing that a kid could look at and think, Oh, this is the, this is the entirety of a video game right yeah, here and learn to program. Using yeah. It. Yeah. So um, it's weird because it's designed, it's pitched at like teams the way jam games are but i cannot imagine collaborating like, well i can imagine collaborating on the design yeah. of it but not building it because well, it's so, like such a 
it's da- you can have data driven games, and so like one of the weird rules that I don't really think makes sense in the spirit of the project, uh, but there it is, like is to uh, that you can read in external files. So you can outside of the 256 lines of code, you can the code can read from a file, and so you can have like levels or text events. In yeah, your game. and that does and like, seem weird because are they going to put that in the book? Because yeah. surely not. Uh, presumably, like the book is going to come with a URL where you can go to download the. I mean, everything goes on GitHub, which is going to be like a fucking nightmare for me to figure out how to like submit a game. Like you have to like fork their repository. And like upload your game into it under a directory and then I guess send them a pull request. So I have to figure out what all those words mean. Um, uh, and, um, I presumably like there will be a link to the GitHub repository where you can get all the games in the book. So like, okay, you can just run them that way. Like no one's going to actually type in the code listings. Yeah. Um, uh, but I could imagine like, you could have one person doing the programming, one person doing the writing for a text-driven game, for example. Yeah, I guess that's true. Somebody had, I saw a comment on there that was like, hey, I'm a composer. Any way for me to get hooked up with a team? Like, no. I doubt it, no. buddy. I mean, they replied, sure, but. Like, <laughs> Wait, but who did no. who reply? I don't know. Somebody. Is this, is this it, a. It's like, ah. Mm. Like, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I was actually thinking about, like, how would you do, a, like, multimedia? And there's no way, like. If this were like actual old computers, I could think of ways, um, but not in the spirit of this game. This game jam, like beep, comma four, or whatever, yeah, right? like or or like ship your game with a fucking cassette tape, right? You know, mm. yeah, yeah. Hit it's play on this, great, and, actually. Yeah, that is pretty good. Listen to this MP3 while you're playing this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, how do they find this on the internet? Just STDIO jam. Uh, I think it's on the made website. You can look at my tweets. I've been tweeting about it. Or maybe That's Google. That's Twitter, for... Twitter.com slash Mogwai underscore poet. Uh-huh. Or um, maybe Google for STDIO jam. Maybe that'll do it. Don't Google for STD jam because yeah. that'll just give you a, a sort of a fruit preserve that's designed to cure chlamydia. Oh. It's not oh, made cure? of chlamydia. It's like, oh, a, okay. it's like an unguent. Okay. Yeah, it's like mercury and apricots. So you, so, so, wait, so you, do you wait? Do you put it on your toast or do you not put it on your toast? <laughs> mm, it depends on whether you prefer your your syphilitic dick as yeah. your toast <laughs> or not. It depends on where you got that STD. <laughs> right. Yeah, my toast is infected. Um. Well, on that note, uh, let's. Uh, who can we blame this episode on? <laughs> oh, why? It's our generous Patreon backers. <laughs> Reginald Vell Johnson. Uh, fit- That's just a real person. Yeah, he's one of our Patreon backers. <laughs> Stefan Urkel. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, Fish Mister. I, I hear he got buff. Bluebeard, the pirate. Anthony Michael Hall, who also got buff. <laughs> did he really? Mm. Yeah. Did Did we already mention Carrot Top, who got yeah, buff? Who also got buff? Whoa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, anybody else? Can you think of any other uh, dorky uh, celebrities who got buff? Uh, uh, Joe the, Biden. The carrot top that didn't get buff. Hmm. There's more the than one carrot universe? top? Yeah. It's, well, there's there's one for every carrot. Hmm. I mean, carrot top is just like, he's named after his hair color. Okay. So, like. So you're saying any other redhead. Yeah. I see. Oh. Okay. I thought you were talking about literal carrots. 
Oh, at first, because then I, I then I then, then I pivoted. pivoted. Yeah. I planted some carrots in my garden, and they did not get buff. They were <laughs> they were small and crooked for their entire life cycle. <laughs> right. Um, they robbed they robbed banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no more. They just like took grift. Okay. They, they, <laughs> graft graft is what I meant. They didn't take grift. One they, grifts. One grifts. Uh, as a politician, graft is like like. Paola, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait. So, what, what's what's grift? A grift is like a con. A grift. Okay. Yeah, okay. like the grifters with um, uh, John Cusack and Anthony Michael. Not, Hall. not Angela Lansbury, uh, who played Morticia Adams in the oh. in the '90s Adams Family. Oh, Fuck. The '90s. Um, dang, I can't, I can't say. Remember. Angelica Houston. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's who I was thinking of. Um. Riff, do you know who played Morticia Adams in the original Adams Family? Uh, I I could not tell you her name, no. Because okay. John Aston was Gomez, right? And weren't right. we like weirdly surprised to find out that he is somehow still alive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I actually thought that he died in the eighties, like because he he was like he also played um, the he, the Harry Anderson's dad on Night Court. <laughs> yeah, he he li- he outlived the guy who played Gomez Adams in the nineties. Adam's family. Oh, yeah, because Raul Julia died fairly young after making this Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, uh, I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. It's going to be episode number 300, which we will conspicuously fail to celebrate in any meaningful <laughs> or way. I mean, or I'm distinctive. Gonna, I'm going to celebrate when we finally like pass idle thumbs. Okay. These fuckers oh, have yeah. been ahead of us for a while. They have. They got ahead of us, and and uh, but now they're only doing one like every two weeks or yeah, so. So, so I like think we're, we'll, we're we'll gonna, eventually catch up. Yeah. yeah. We should have a parody episode. Where okay. We do it all together. Okay. Man. Oh, the, I thought you meant where we make fun of ourselves. Sure. Or where we all dress like parrots. Or <laughs> where we all talk about how much we like uh, Jimmy Buffett. There's been a lot of good, uh, I don't know if it's parrots, but but like domestic bird content on the internet. In the oh, yeah. oh, yeah. On, on Twitter. Go I've figure. only seen that drummer. There's a drummer, and then there was the, the bird that was like sort of dancing with based on the, the person's hand movements. Mm. Oh, cool. and there is the one with the little parrot like flap, flapping across the floor. Did you see the one uh, where the parrot opens a box and there's a cat in the yeah. box yeah, and it closes the box again? Yeah. 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 Good bird content. Yeah. Let's, let's, next next week on Describing GIFs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Kakavu, good night. Kakavu, boo, boo, Have a great week, everybody. Good night.